Josh, is it is it recording? Well, you could have you could have said it was recording. Hiya, it's Sally here. <laughs> just a quick one, just a quick one. You can now rate Say Your Mind podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So if you can, do make sure that you do both. I know that some of you are just a little bit lazy. I can't say that. But why? Why? Why is it rate? Uh, anyway, <laughs> now for the urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind And you call that Give me nothing, but I still can't get enough. And big ch- Yo, that is such a big tune. That's all I've been listening to because, you know, like some songs, you're like, wow, me in 2008 would have had this on fucking repeat. My Jesus of the R&B charts. Anyway, um, that was Snow Allegra. Look at me introducing things like a DJ. Um, I didn't have a song for this week because I'm clearly recording mad late on a Sunday. It's two minutes to midnight and I'm recording this podcast because I've just gotten back from Silverstone. Who has just gotten back from Silverstone? Well, it's me, Kalechi, in a blood club place to be. And you are listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. Yes. Woo. I feel like this week, I don't, you know, like obviously there are segments in it, but I actually think that the segments are going to just be very, very muddled because there's been a lot happening. My God, just so much happening. But don't worry, I've got the tea for the girlies. No, honestly, I'm going to try and get through everything um, while just trying to override my sheer exhaustion. Like I was exhausted before um, I had to record this and we just drove back from Silverstone. I say we just drove back. I didn't drive anywhere. Shire drove. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm so tired. I'm, I'm so tired that I don't know if any of you get, get it, but like, Whenever I'm extremely tired, my nose starts to run because I'm that tired. So I'm just like sniffing. Um, But, you know, I did what I had to do. And you know what I did? I brought those looks. Okay. Both days, black designers. um, Yeah. And I looked cute AF. Yes. Um, Saturday at Silverstone, I wore Tongoro. Tongoro, I've worn them before. I think I've worn them at um, all the races I've no no Silverstone last year I wore um, something from Zara, but the Dutch Grand Prix I wore um, a Tongoro outfit. Uh, this year Saturday I wore Tongoro. Um, it was like a concept piece that um, they had a private sale, and um, I saw it and I was like, I need that, and so I got that. On Sunday, I wore a, um, an outfit, a piece. Oh my God, I've got a piece, this piece. So I wore a piece from Faye Noel. Um, 
I wouldn't Sorry I feel like Their service is bad Their service is bad So I don't want to now Say them uh, Say their name And for people to now Go and buy it Because well It's expensive anyway But for people to go and buy it and be like, okay, I actually recommended it because I know that you go and get things that I've recommended. Actually thinking about that, let me just say while it's on my mind, say your mind, say your mind. No, while it's on my mind, um, I'm so sorry. The people, you know, Wine52, yeah? I told you lot that the code was, I think, straws. I wasn't incorrect. That's what they put in my thing. They told me that it was straws only for some of you to be messaging me and being like, actually the straws code is not working. So um, if I am correct, the code is actually, well, they've sent me the actual code. They had some kind of mix up. Everybody's been mixing themselves up. We're not even in Mercury retrograde, but uh, retrograde, but something else is actually happening, which feels like Mercury um, is retrograde. Um, so nobody knows their their anus from their eyeballs and everything is just a fucking mess. But I say that to say that the code is actually M-I-N-D as in mind, cap, all uppercase. So if you were trying to get your uh, free case of something, something um, of the wine, um, it's M-I-N-D, the code for wine52.com. So I just thought, let me say that at the top of the episode while I remember. Um, but yeah. Anyway, everyone should learn how to do their job. Um, yeah, so I was saying about Fay Noel. So during lockdown, I ordered from them and they were like, oh my God, we're so overwhelmed with orders. It's going to take a while for us to get your order to you. And so it took absolutely months for me to get my order. But I thought, you know what? Support black, hashtag support black businesses. It's fine. So then now I must've ordered something else from them because they stopped doing like made to measure because they were now going to be in order big boy stores. So they stopped doing made to measure. Um, And so I had to order a size and going off their sizing chart, I was like, boom, this is the size I need to get. I get the size now, it comes, nah, I'm going to have to take off four ribs to be able to wear this thing. So I'm just like, look, I need to rent a return this to you for a bigger size. Now, I took longer than their like 40 day something, something, but I was living through a pandemic. I was living through a panoramic, like a whole ass panda bear. Like, okay, I didn't get it to you in a 45 day. I didn't tell you that I wanted to exchange it in a 45 day period, but you still got the thing. And it's not like it's made to measure. It's a standard size. Haven't worn it like that. I literally tried it on. Doesn't fit. Tag still on. Everything, everything. Like, let me just return you your thing. Oh my God, no. Unfortunately, it's going to mess with our inventory. So we can't take it back. But when you made me wait 16 million years for my my first order, I wasn't screaming down your throat. And I've ordered from you like more than once. So like take back your trousers and give me the thing. So they were doing, doing that bougie. And I thought, you know what, if I'm ever going to, if I don't, you know, like I usually tag people in it. I don't want you lot to start messaging me and stressing me about it. It's like, where did you get that from? In fact, Sadiqa said I should stop tagging anything that I'm wearing because I'm not a lifestyle blogger. I'm not a fashion blogger that I should stop tagging. So I'm going to follow his advice because that's my baby brother. He has great advice for me. Like he's a Pisces son. So you know, he's got them things always telling me the things that I, I tend to not be aware of. Like it's not in my immediate consciousness, but usually I would tag people in it. And when I tell you ever since that happened, if I'm wearing their thing, I refuse to say where it's from because I was just like, how dare you? 
I mean, I'm, you know me, I'm of the belief that the customer is not always right. And yes, they have their right to be like, oh, we're not taking it back. But I thought, nah, based on the fact that you took the same time that Moses took to lead the people um, to the promised land, you took to send me my, my, my first order. Surely you can take that, these unworn trousers with the tag, everything back. So, and just send me a bigger size. I'll even pay for whatever I need to pay for, for the delivery or whatever, whatever. Just send me a bigger size. No. So do you know what I had to do? I had to go to one of the aunties in Peckham, one of the tailors in in the seamstresses in in Peckham. Now, auntie now had to do one kind job for me where she basically took one pocket because it's like a really baggy situation. I love them baggy situations. You would have noticed recently. I love me a high-waisted baggy situation. So anyway, she had to take one of the pockets out of the trousers and then use it to um, add to the waist so it could fit me. Thank God for aunties, you know, thank God for the aunties that are tailors in Peckham because I'd otherwise, I just don't know what I would have done. So anyway, that was who my second outfit was by. So if you kept asking me as usually you do, and I wasn't saying it's for that reason, because I didn't want to have to write this epistle to you and tell you why I didn't post. Um, yeah, so that's out of the way. This week has been frustrating. Lots of like, lots of things, lots of things, lots of realizations, lots of like grief. Um, lots of things like Pluto's really on my neck. Fucking hell. Like, I know that I'm going to come out of this like the, you know, a better version of who I currently am. I mean, I already think I'm sick in it, but I just feel like I'm moving closer to the the highest, I guess, manifestation of, of my capabilities as a human. I feel like I've still got ages to go, but I'm getting closer. And I think about the times before I knew any of what I know now. I wish uh, I knew what I know now uh, when I was younger. But honestly, them times I was muddling through and I still made it here. A bad man like me still made it here to this point in my life. And I was just literally just feeling my way in the darkness. So now when you consider the insight that one has, the insight that we all have, right? We're doing things more intentionally. And that doesn't mean that shit isn't going to be hard, but it just means that we have a more solid um, understanding that ultimately inshallah like everything will be okay you know um but yeah this week has been tough my god I've just I cannot I cannot I cannot I can't I just gosh it's not just this week not my phone not being on silent it's not just this week though I just like I said last week it's the past few weeks like Honestly, is it burnout or are you highly functioning through the depression that is a result of this just horrendous society? Um, who knows? Who knows? But honestly, I'm I'm just over it. Instead of Gucci, X added us to send me that pink jumpsuit that I like. That'll make me feel better. Capitalism is not the answer. Girlies, girlies, boyos and non-binary babies. That's not the answer, but I, it will help small, small, sha. Just small, small. Um, yeah, so it's been a lot. Um, really, really tough, man. Um, it's just tough. But, you know, I learn every time. 
I just learn more about myself every time and I keep going. Uh, as I talk through the podcast, you know, as I go through the episode, I'll probably be able to flesh out more what my frustrations are. But primarily it's the fact that I told you a lot about the bill- billboard and dun, 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 dun. no, I haven't seen them myself. Went out twice. In fact, one of the places is meant to be on Lambeth Palace Road, right? And that's across the street from or across the road from St. Thomas's Hospital. And if you've listened to this podcast properly, you know that I can't fucking stand that hospital. So when I have to go there, it's a real trigger for me because of the horrendous way that they treated me during my miscarriage. I like and the interactions thereafter in terms of the letters that I wrote them and stuff. I don't fuck with that place, to be honest, but I'll go there out of necessity but honestly I don't literally when you know like I can't ever go past the hospital without thinking about it god but you reframe things over time I imagine I guess um yeah it was meant to be opposite there so I had to go there twice twice did not see this thing but apparently that's down to the company who um sorted the space um and hopefully it'll sort itself out but you know the best thing that I thought for myself is that me I'm not even going to look again like when it's up like people can let me know because I am fed up of hope I'm fed up of expectations I'm just not with it and you might be like raw but you just came from Silverstone don't worry I'm gonna get to that I'm gonna get to that and I think that this is just an interesting place to be where like good things can happen and you can still be fed up you know because it is just it's just the mood and it's just the judge right now it's, it is what it is um so there's that But then on the plus side, one good thing that has happened, one of the good things that has happened this week is that I got my new headshots done. Um, I went to Jenny Scott Photography. She's a real character. You know, I I really enjoy interacting with white women who are just full of life. Um, And she's really, really good at them headshots. So I'm looking forward to seeing how mine come out. I'll probably say that now and then that's going to be fucked up as well. But <laughs> you live and you learn. Um, so I think, is that what I've done? Just that pretty much? Yeah, apart from the other, other things that you can't talk about because it's confidential. Um, yeah, I'm just hearing it. Oh, look at that. I've got um, three of swords at the bottom of the deck in reverse. Pick up your feelings pick up your feelings spirit saying to me girl pick up your feelings and get on with that podcast um so let's do it then tarot who should i choose for a tarot this week i love how your letters are coming in thick and fast um and i've just got to figure out how to get through it let's see what i like um oh some of you don't even put um uh what is it called um subject titles you don't put on the thing but i will still pick one anyway did i see this one what did i say about this one um okay i said i'll come back to this one (laughs) the person who it is they might when they finally hear it they'll be like so it's me that you were missing out the whole time um who's this about their details um da, 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 da. um mm, i think that we'll come back to that one as well sorry i'm just going through it with you listening to me having me in your ear but honestly 
you're sending good energy as you're listening. I mean, you're listening technically in the future, but it still counts. You know, it still counts. Mm, I'm just going to go with this one. Hi, Kalechi. I've been looking, um, sorry, I've been loving the tarot questions and last week's reading for the question about loneliness was really impactful and inspired me to write in. I've been dealing with a different type of loneliness and I'm hoping to get some more insight because I can feel that while I've definitely made leaps and bounds in being able to identify some things, I'm not all the way there and could use a little guidance. For context, I'm a Pisces, so it is well within my uh, tendencies to fantasize on stories of unrequited love. But if I'm being honest with myself, it's getting a little too out of hand. Very long story short, I fell in love with a cancer who had a partner and we started an affair that lasted for a few months. His partner obviously found out they broke up and our situation inevitably came tumbling down because of the guilt from the mess we made. He moved away to start a medical school in a different state and stopped talking to me. I moved to another state as well to work towards being, as you beautiful, um, as you so beautifully put it, a dickhead in recovery and try to move on. That was five years ago. And so far I've been unsuccessful. I've been in relationships with other people since hoping that the feelings for these new partners would drown out the feelings for the cancer um, and that these feelings would fizzle out, but they never have. I think about this person just about every day and my delusional brain keeps telling me that he'll come back to me one day. I know. I know if he wanted to, he would. We both had a couple of near miss moments over the last five years where one tried to reach out to the other and failed. These keep ringing in my mind as proof of us still loving each other when I tell myself I should move on. Even though the last time we talked over a year ago, he said he is in a new relationship and is very happy, but I just can't shake the thoughts of him and I'm having trouble accepting that he doesn't want to choose me as a person he wants in his life. Anyway, I've done enough self-work, definitely supported by listening to your tarot readings to realize that maybe, just maybe, I hold on to this fantasy of unrequited, uh, unrequited love as a way to keep myself emotionally, uh, emotionally unavailable to the right people because I'm terrified of being judged once I let someone in intimately and don't believe that I'm worthy of a partner to love me right open and in the light. It is a waste of my valuable energy to put so much intent and focus on to someone who does not celebrate me in the same way. These are things that I know logically, but I haven't gotten to the point where I feel it in my bones. So I guess my hope is that the tarot has some insights and affirmations for me to illuminate the journey I'm on because I'm having trouble seeing the path. Here's my birth chart, if that's helpful. Thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. And I swear when I read for you, because I've had a one-to-one tarot reading with you in it, and I swear something like that came, something something alluded to something and your demeanor changed. So it's great to have this come up. I could be wrong, but I, I think I remember that. But um, let's see. What I want to see is where cancer is in your chart. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, right? I'm laughing at the fact that when I tell you astrology stays astrologizing, girlies, boyos, NBs, get with the program. 
AKA baby girls, baby boys, baby non-binaries Get with the astrological program I am telling you Okay, let's get into it I love your letter I didn't, and it makes sense because That's the first time of me reading your letter Some of them I've kind of like Kind of skimmed before But I just opened yours Because I recognise your name From when I've read for you on a one-to-one A while back Only for you to be coming with the juice Um, Yes I'm glad But then what I was going to say is that it makes sense Because for some reason I opened on singing um, the Snow Allegra song. You keep me waiting for the worst of you. And I call that love. Oh, you give me nothing, but I still can't get enough. And I call that love. That's how you, she was singing. She was singing. That that's a bop. All right. You clearly go to therapy, or you just have incredible self awareness. Because when I tell you, you read yourself. <laughs> you read yourself in that email. You're like, well, maybe I'm just da 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 because I don't want to be emotionally like. And Bell Hooks already said that. Bell Hooks said that sometimes. Especially when we're talking about um, people in cis, um, uh, cisgendered heterosexual relationships, right? That as specifically black women, um, like, well, no, she just said women. So not in this case, black women. But, you know, she said, like, sometimes we go to, uh, gravitate towards people that we know will be emotionally unavailable because it fulfills a narrative and it means that we don't have to know true intimacy and we don't know we don't have to know true love we've been brought up we've been socialized to be in a society that expects labor from us and um, with little in return like little reciprocity so um it makes sense to want to be in a dynamic where you work 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 for literally hardly anything from someone a morsel of attention from them um and that's not what we deserve you know so let's see what your cards are saying let me tell you why I laughed I laughed because you said well firstly you're a Pisces right you're Pisces and you said that um he's cancer so two water signs you're gonna feel like at home with each other And I think that uh, Two water signs I think that makes him Cardinal And so then Would that make you uh, Mutable I think It might be the other way around Because I know that As a Scorpio uh, With all my Scorpio placements I'm a fixed water But I think that um, Yeah Anyway Water signs You just It's gang gang in it Like you, Especially in a romantic context If you're a water sign They're a water sign It's just like Oh you get me You get my depth Even though They're a water sign That they move different You still kind of like Get each other In that way So um, I say that because You're a cancer rising You're a cancer rising He's a cancer sun So I don't know The degree of his Um where he's where the sun is the degree that the sun is in cancer but basically he lights up your first house he lights up your sense of self he lights up how you 
like how you appear in your physical body. I just know that sex was off the charts. Just just on that, obviously you need other things. Like we need to look at what's happening with Mars and Venus and all of them things there. And I would say really the moon as well. But just going off like his son being there in your first house, I just feel like there's that, of course, there's that attraction to just, I feel like he made made you feel attractive. He made you feel attractive, like his sun shining on you in your first house, how you perceive yourself or how you are perceived. That made you feel attractive. So, so you miss that. And, and I guess if somebody doesn't have a similar placement in that specific way, even if it's like just that, again, the astrological girlies can really tell you the things I'm just kind of like throwing my shit in there. Right. I... Yeah, I, I think that that has a big role to play with it Cancer is your first house And he's a Cancer's son So he lights up your first house He lights up how you see yourself And you probably feel more confident in his presence um, And that would make your Pisces your ninth house So that's an interesting angle For your Cancer and um the ninth house so and it's funny because the first house where his sun shines is like one two three eight houses away from the ninth house where your sun is um the eighth house makes me think about like taboos and stuff um so that's interesting your capricorn is stacked in the seventh house jesus it's stacked in the seventh house um but the seventh house where you've got neptune and you've also got your i think you've got your north node um, conjunct Neptune as well So it's not just the fact that you're Pisces It's the fact that you've also got Neptune Making you feel hazy about what your direction is going forward And you said that in your email as well Like you can't really see a path forward And I think that that plays um, a role in it as well And you've got a Capricorn moon happening there as well So I can imagine that his sun was opposing your moon Um so there's that, there's just that inner knowing. It's almost like this person just got you without you having to say much. And the fact that you're both water signs, it almost felt psychic. Um, so yeah, that, that would have felt like a lot. Oh, I can see why you like the podcast. You're, you've got your Venus in my first house. So you like me, baby. You've got your Venus in my first house. Um, no, this is really interesting. And this is why I say astrology really helps you to kind of get a hold and like get to grips obviously I haven't even gone to the aspects because I can't see his chart so when you have both people's charts you can lay them on top of each other and then you can see how the uh, planets are having um you, you know uh, basic conversations to begin with and then there are so many other different factors that you have to consider but Sinistry is usually what gets people into astrology I think because then you can do it for family members Like your siblings, your parents Then you start to understand the dynamics that play out And I've said it before and I'll say it again It's only when I saw my Sinistry chart with my mum That I really, really, really started to kind of like Feel this deep empathy for her That I don't think that I would have had access to otherwise So just bear that in mind, Sha. It's not everyday loving, loving in a romantic sense, but it's just also trying to just know the people around you, know your children, know your siblings, know your co-workers even, um, how they think if you have access to that information. But it's very intimate com- um, information, so don't just be flinging it about anywhere. All right, let's get the cards. So we want to know 
What's up? Oh. Okay. Dust yourself off and try again. You can dust it off and try again. Try again. Uh, you're into me. Uh, I'm into you, but I can let it. Uh. Big tune. R.I.P. Aaliyah. Fuck you, R. Kelly. Um, hold on. Let's see what we've got. Oh, oh, this is spicy. Oh, Bab, Bab. All right. So you've got the full card, you've got the justice card, and you've got the six of swords. The right decision doesn't always feel easy. In fact, the right decision sometimes feels so painful that you're just like, God, please take this cup of suffering. Let me just be a basic bitch, please. Why, why do I have to level up? Why can't I stay in the gutter with my homies? What is this? Why must I learn to have integrity? Fuck that. Because it just seems like a lot. But you are doing the right thing by staying away. You're doing the right thing by staying away. I don't even want to throw the cliches out there, but how you get them is how you lose them. Like, I don't know his chart, but he has a lot going on. You have a lot going on, right? And we've got the justice card here. So I'm using the Afro goddess, uh, Tarot Arcanas. And so we've got the full card. She's got her locks and she's you know, setting herself up and you said that you relocated in order to kind of like start a new life and not think about him. And then the justice card, she's holding a sword, she's holding her scales, her scales wonky in it because, you know, she's made some decisions that are a bit higgy. Um, And then she's got the blindfold on and a tear is falling from her eyes and she's walking away from some kind of portal and she's walking towards us in the picture but actually where she's walking to the next card is the six of swords she's on a boat and there are three swords on either side and she's heading towards the uh, tree she's heading towards the sun in the full card there's the sun behind her as well so like it feels like a theme that I keep stressing but you have to go towards the sunlight you can't live in the shadows forever and I know that it's so tempting for whatever reason I don't know what it might have been that you saw growing up that just made that sort of um, setup feel natural, made it feel okay for you. But you deserve also to to enjoy the sun. Um, your fifth house is Scorpio. For some reason, I wanted to see where your fifth house was and your Venus is in Aries um, in the 10th house. Um, so Venus in Aries, like you're, you're doing well in terms of how you're perceived, like in terms of your, your vocation and having Venus there really wanting to kind of specifically, I get the vibe of like wanting to help, um, femme identifying people, um, in that manner as well. Like on a more justice vibe is what I get from it. Like on a, on a legal sort of, um, community focused sort of vibe is what I pick up from there. But the justice card, she's got the tear, uh, one tear falling from her eye. Cause it's not always easy to do the right thing, but honestly that this is the right thing for you. You need to walk away because you deserve your time in the sun. You can't be hiding in the shadows. Anyone that's going to love you needs to love you. They need to love the fuck out of you. They need to be able to love you at 9am in the morning and love you at 9pm at night. Right? Not this one that it will now come to a certain time. Oh, I've got to go. I've got to go. 
can't let my wife No, come on Come on, you deserve better You deserve better than that And, you know, over time We do have to be introspective And you have to think to yourself like How is that going to work? Sometimes, you know, these situations work Because of the fact that they're not available all the time Because like you say, you, you're you focused on him, right? That's what's so interesting about this And I've done this in therapy before Sometimes I'll be talking about something to my therapist And, you know, I'm thinking about a few years ago I was talking to her about something And, you know, I was going on about it as if, you know It was, you know, the other person that did this and did that and did this And she was just like, but have you taken a moment to just consider That you're basically saying that this friendship They're not enough Because you're talking about it And actually what you're saying Is that they're not enough What they're doing right now Is not enough for you And you're talking about this guy As if like you're not enough And you don't know why That connection is not coming back And he said that he's happy In the relationship that he's with And you know what I pray that he is Oh he is I hope that he's happy where he's at But either way You don't really want him If you deep it, you don't actually want him What you want is that sunshine What you want is what the sun does in your first house You want somebody that lights you up in the way that he did Because it was just in his, you know, astrological makeup to do so But uh, however, all of the other circumstances that he might have had in his chart And your chart and how you ended up in this situation And take it away from charts All the familial conditioning that both of you have had Does not make this a healthy space to actually be in So it's about allowing yourself to heal Forgiving yourself Because also I get like the strong vibe of guilt here Because that's why she's got the tear in her eye as well The justice card And she's holding them scales Like there's a guilt there that you feel as well Um, One about the woman, his partner, whatever, finding out um, so you feel like now, nah, wow, now everybody knows that I'm really out here skinning out pum for married men or whatever. Like you, that 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 gets to you, but you have to forgive yourself of that part. You have to feel, feel forgive yourself because there are aspects of you that's in survival mode from something else, from from earlier conditioning, right? And you want to be better. But my G, that guy is not the better He's not So you wrote in because clearly You want someone to help you recalibrate them scales Don't Do not Go back The whole point about Being a dickhead in recovery Is that, trust me, every day Different types of temptation will call to you If it's not that you want to just clart somebody in their fucking throat It's this, it's that, it's the Whatever whatever you're in um, dickhead recovery for That thing will call to you But the whole point of it is that you're stronger than that The world is mad and the world is bad But you're badder than that Like, don't let it take you down Don't let this take you out Like, if you can withstand this and and really stand in your power and not need somebody to or feel like almost addicted to somebody. Where's your Pluto? Almost feel addicted to somebody because of the light that they bring to you. It does make things much easier. Your Pluto. Ah, see, your Pluto's retrograde in Scorpio. Um uh, yeah. 
So If you can move away from That I guess element Of feeling addicted to That It opens you up for so much more You deserve a whole kind of love You know You deserve the, You deserve the whole of somebody You know All of them Not just part of them what I don't know once every month once a week whatever you deserve better than that and you have to just go towards that like I said that the easy thing um it's not always the right thing and at the bottom of the deck you've got the hanged man um so that's telling me and this makes the sign of um Venus weirdly as well Is it the angst symbol actually It's the angst symbol um, You've got the hanged man at the bottom of the deck Which tells me that It's going to take a while Because we've got the ten of cups in reverse Right underneath the hanged man It's going to take a while for you to re uh, to recalibrate Your I guess moral compass But the, the Happiness you want The life that you want is still there It's still on a timeline That you need to get on The life that you want Is waiting for you You just have to get on that timeline And for you to get on that timeline You need to change certain behaviours And Yes this person is calling to you um, I remember that Nayira Wahid poem That says um, What is it? Um, you can Somebody can love you They can love you more Than you've ever been loved Before in your life And they can still not be ready Whatever their reasons might be You have to leave Because you deserve somebody That's going to meet you on the bridge um, And there is a love out there That is ready And that's ready to meet you on that bridge Remember that Remember that That there is a love That is worthy of you And that you will feel worthy of But it's the you feeling worthy of that love That is the thing you have to feel worthy of it because you meet people that maybe do have genuinely secure attachment styles um, and all of these things. And you might, you'll run a mile from them because it's like, they're not, they scare you. Somebody being, somebody like really seeing you, like really, really seeing you and wanting you to be the best you, that can be really scary because that kind of vulnerability might really blow your mind But you deserve that You know You deserve to be able to dance in the sun You deserve your time in the sun Not out here in the shadows Not out here I was going to say in the closet But again, fuck R. Kelly Like you don't You deserve to be out here shining You deserve to be celebrated What are you not forgiving yourself for That makes you think that this is enough Because really when you deep it When you really, really deep it what did this guy really even do? Like, okay, he saw that you were cute. Somebody else can see that you're cute, even if their son isn't in their son isn't in your first house in the same way. You're a cutie. You're a cutie. You're you. Of course, it feels different. It feels zesty. It feels zingy coming from them. But the fact is, there's nothing unique. Unfortunately, there's nothing really unique about this guy. You've just decided that I'm going to, like you say, create a fantasy about this one person. It's time to wake up, baby. Like we can't be doing, um, not even Alice in Wonderland, like Alice in Willy Land. Like the Willy's just, just confusing you. Let it go. Wake up. Wake up. 
Like you'll be just fine, but you have to, you have to also think about fighting for your inner child. Your inner child doesn't want like the secrecy and doesn't want to feel un unworthy because that's what it what that's what's really playing out, isn't it? Like we all work from that. Like that is our engine. Like I feel that, you know, what happens with our inner children, that is our engine that decides on everything else that we do. And I swear to you that there are some people who really aggravate me. And, you know, I've cut people off for that where they swear that they are just like so sorted and they know everything, but your their actions are telling you like, nah, you're hurting, you're hurting. And you try to point out that they're hurting and they're like, no, actually you're saying too much. Like you're, you're doing too much. Like they don't want to know. They want you to be complicit in their delusion because they don't want to be better. They want to believe that, you know, in some ways, like they're the victim and it's everybody else. That's the problem and all of that stuff. And it's like, no, if I care about you, I'm going to make you conscious of the things that you do not see. And if you're choosing that you don't want to see it, then I'm not going to be around to be complicit or to enable the fuckery. I'm a bounce. Because what's dangerous about those situations is that when you do call out those things, they start to shift the narrative. They start to shift reality and make it out like, oh no, you're the one with the issue for having an issue with what I've done. Oh, I did that thing that everybody else that you've told thinks is wild. Oh, but no, you're the problem because, you know, I'm fine. Like I don't do anything. I don't do anything wild. That's scary. It's almost like I know people throw the word around, but there's something I find right really, really like narcissistic about that. And yeah, you just like they those kind of people scare me. You don't scare me because you see what the what the issue is. So if you see what the issue is, my G, you can work on it. And like I said, it's not easy. But what happened to make that inner child feel like what they deserve is like, I don't know, 20, 30 percent of somebody that they only deserve 20 to 30 percent of something that looks like love. And this person is literally not giving you that much, but you still can't get enough of it. It's like the the element of like always wanting, always wanting and not quite having. But what about always having? Why, why must your inner child just be left with all of the lack or be left with all of the maybe one day, maybe one day? If you're going to have a sweet, sweet fantasy, like you need to be the main character. Main character energy immediately. If we're going to do sweet, sweet fantasy, baby uh, 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 People will flog me for not knowing a single Like, I don't think I can sing one Mariah Carey song from top to bottom If somebody said to me, Kalechi, stand on this plank Sing one song from Mariah Carey top to bottom Otherwise you're going in that water (laughs) I'll jump in freely because I know I'm done out here But honestly, if you're going to have that fantasy Because what is life really... um, I said, it's only a paper moon sailing on a cardboard sea. Did I sing that to you when we had our reading? I probably not. But it's only make believe if you believe in me. You believe in you. Believe in you. Nobody's saying that you can't have your fantasy, but have you in your fantasy, you need to be the main character. How are you having a whole last fantasy and your forget side chick, your sidekick in your own fantasy? What? You're a you're a backup dancer in your own fantasy. Nah, you're an extra in your own fantasy. Let's shift all of that immediately. Immediately. But no, truly, I'm sending you all the love because I know it couldn't have been easy to write that. 
And that there's so much that you've got going for you for the fact that you could write it for the fact that you could identify the issues um and all of these things and all spirit is saying to you is that that six of war and ones if you when you go that's it what did why is it when you leave make sure that you go or is it when you go make sure yeah when you leave make sure that you go you've left leave it leave it even if like you have you you draft the text, you do this, you do that, but don't send it. But you I remember, what is it? Was it in the color purple where one of the characters he was getting over being in love with somebody that wasn't his main partner? And it was his main partner that effectively was like nursing him back to health from this obsession with the other person. And that's what I think about in this situation. Like you've got to nurse yourself back to health. Night nurse. You've got to nurse yourself back to health, ma'am. You can do it. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you, ma'am. You'll be all right. I'm sending you all of the love. So that's the tarot for, um, for this week. Um, I pray that it resonates. Um, let's get into... No, actually, let me pick up the uh, the show sponsor for this week Who are, <laughs> would you know it, BetterHelp Be right back This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp That's Better H-E-L-P And we, we stand, you know Imagine I was just talking earlier about how your inner child Is like the engine for how we kind of like operate in this life And BetterHelp wants you to consider how well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? Well, basically that's how brains work. So why don't we treat them that way? How can we care for our minds, um, you know, in an effective way when we realize that it's this one mind that we have because our minds affect how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and to care, you know, and take care of, take care of it basically. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. Also, what did I hear? Or eating almonds? That just randomly came to me. But there's also better help online therapy. I know how much I've benefited from um, my experience with better help and, and just like therapy in general. Um it's really, really helped, especially like I, I'm back in therapy at the moment, actually. And to have someone to talk to um, on a weekly basis is 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 super important. I do think, though, like I'm going to want to eventually try another form of therapy because I can really, really talk. And it's that thing that we had from the um, the listener who wrote in um, that I just read their letter that I just read that idea that I know myself, I know why I'm doing things. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to move mad. Like I know why I'm doing the thing. So I wonder what is the level above that for therapy. Um, but yeah, basically BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. 
the listeners of SYM, as in Say Your Mind officially, get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash your mind. That's betterhelp.com slash your mind. So go and get involved and, you know, talk to somebody about things. It's fine if they can't do tarot as they talk you through it, but at least go and talk to somebody if you can. Anyway, that's that for... um. That's that for share your, I was going to say that's that for share your magnificence. That's that for um, bigging up better help. Let's get to share your magnificence. Um, Which letter caught my eye? I think it was from a while back. Here we go. I finally did it. Good morning, Kelechi. I'm a baby boy from Cameroon, but I live in Italy near Venice. I've been putting off writing you an email for months because I have so much to tell you, so much advice I wish you could give me, etc. I discovered you during your BBC TV appearance with Gina Yashere and Dr. Shola Moshawamimu in the wake of Harry and Meghan's Oprah interview. Oh, that was Sky News. I already knew Gina from watching her on YouTube and I was so happy when Bob um, Loves Abby Shola came out. I was so mesmerized by how forceful you all were how um, unapologetically black and proud and unafraid. That period was so triggering for me. All the trauma I had accumulated from years of racist abuse and gaslighting here in Italy just came rushing back. Tears would suddenly start streaming down my face as I was listening to the radio slash podcasts. People telling their own stories and hateful racists denying Megan's experience of racism or anyone else's. Plus, we had just entered our first major lockdown that March. It was a lot. Seeing you three ladies gave me some much needed joy. After that, I started listening to your podcast assiduously. Since then, I've gone back and listened to every single episode, some multiple times. I've laughed. I've cried uncontrollably. I felt seen. I felt less alone. And it's all thanks to you. While I was going through your back catalogue, I felt like you were a best friend, a sister or a cousin because you were with me all day long. I wish I could have taken notes and discussed so many things with you as I listened. Being black, African and gay in Italy is so hard and isolating. When I see how vibrant and loud black British people are, it reminds me of something. Chimamanda, I know you're not a big fan, so I apologize for mentioning her. When did I? (laughs) People, don't come and spoil my market. Do not come and spoil my market because I did not say anything officially. Please, please. Um, (laughs) Once said in an interview in France I.e. black people occupy more space in Britain Than elsewhere in Europe and France in that case It is so true Racism is everywhere here in Italy And it really does something to you To your psyche For a while it made me shrink myself And I say this as a 190 centimetres Slash uh, 130 kg muscular guy Oh Guan (laughs) Guan you're sounding sexy, baby. Um, I'm forever non-confrontational. And the last time I was in a fight, I was eight. Italian people get startled when they turn around and see me, whether it's at the supermarket, my building atrium or in the street. Day or night, I've um, only recently started actually taking up space. For example, on the sidewalks with people, usually couples, walking irremovably side by side, hand in hand and expecting me to give way. Now they routinely routinely hurt themselves, bumping into my shoulder. And I don't even turn back to uh, acknowledge them, let alone apologize. I just face my front as you preached. I'm sorry for this long ass email. I know you're be, you've been scarce on Twitter. I only have Twitter. 
presumably uh, protecting your peace. And I hope your joy again soon. I also hope you don't stop doing the podcast, but if you decide to, I will cherish everything you have given me um, us so far. I need some dating advice. I haven't been on a date in over six years. I was just exhausted, tired of dealing with clueless white gays with their abundantly hurtful, casual racism, microaggressions, dismissal of my feelings, telling me that racism, telling me what racism is and how I should feel, explaining how I am actually the one doing the racism by bringing it up. Refusing to educate themselves on the issue because there are more important things or because they don't see colour. One even told me, I don't care about racism. Sigh. My dating pool is very limited. Basically, just white Italian people with their own religion-infused internalised homophobia and racism. I wanted to ask you how you think I should broach the topic of race slash racism when they message me asking for a date. Um, How do I make it clear that I'm not willing to put in the emotional labor of having to explain my existence and my everyday lived experience as a black person in Italy to any potential date? I don't want to put myself in in those positions again where I go home with my spirit completely broken and hopeless. Please forgive me again for the length of this email if you're still reading. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for you. Many blessings to Sadiq, your mum, your partner and Lev. Have a nice weekend. Thank you for that. So I feel like while um, that might be a double whammy, why don't I just do a double whammy tarot? Because that's meant to be like my share your magnificence. And it is because you're really holding it down, baby boy, in that cesspit called Italy. You're really holding your own because I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy in places like France and Italy where they will just try to shut down the conversation. These motherfuckers are throwing bananas at you. And when you're like, that's racist, they're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's racist. But you just dashed a fucking banana in my direction. So you're basically insinuating that I'm a monkey. Am I a monkey? Did you hear? Ooh, 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 ooh. No. So get your act together. But they don't want to have them conversations. I don't know if you heard the episode where when, you know, 2016, where I opened my first pole studio, um, it was in Clapton, right? And this industrial estate. So I was renting uh, or leasing the space from two Italian guys. And we had some like issues because people would just try to walk into the space anyhow, because it was in like a live work um, building on the ground floor. So there was one guy that would just come, like we'll be playing music, doing a class and he'll come in and try to turn down the music. Like he got told one day, like, don't play that. Don't play that because you're going to get yourself hurt. You're going to get yourself got like behave yourself only for him to then go and like whinge to the landlord. And then they were having a conversation with me about it. And I was just speaking to them in this tone. And I was just like, well, you know, it is what it is. It's literally a business. You can't just be walking in there. Anyhow, they go to me now. Oh, um, please calm down. You're not in the jungle anymore. You're not in the jungle anymore. But see, if I slapped now, people will say that I slapped. If I punch this guy in the throat, they'll say I've now punched the guy in the throat. But you're not paying attention to the fact that he's been madly disrespectful. Honestly, people aren't clotted enough in our society. And that, to me, looking at the uh, prime minister that we have and all of that shit, is the problem. So what should our baby boy be doing leading up to these dates, spirit? Hold on. Cause it's just a step from heaven Hold on Let's see, what should he be doing? I mean, my immediate um, response would have been 
to um, add it onto your profile. I don't know if that would be okay, but that's what I would suggest. Interesting. So the card that the cards that come up for you, you've got the ten of swords in reverse, you've got the chariot in reverse, and you've got the ten of cups in reverse. Like date, but it's saying like basically the message I'm getting here is that date, but just be aware that these guys are gonna be the way that they are. Regardless of what you put in your profile, they will still read it. Even if you wrote on your profile, look, I don't want to be dating anyone that's going to bring microaggressions, this, 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 that. You put that. There will still be one fool that will read all of that and still want to meet up with you and they're still going to move mad. That's what it's saying here. Like you're going to be tiring yourself out doing the, what you're doing. Basically, there's no way really forward in Italy is the vibe that I'm getting here in terms of what you desire, what you require, what you want to feel in your life, the passion you want to feel. It just feels like the man them in, in, like in Italy, they're not it. They're not it. France, mm, still not it. Like you need some, you know, you need somebody that's conversant at this stuff. And so to consider maybe um, a longer distance thing, um, starting those sorts of conversations because what you want is intimacy and okay so even if you can't like see them every day or every week what you want is intimacy what you want is understanding so maybe start looking further afield and even if it's a thing of like it just starts with you know emails and this and that for now like just moving towards that because these lot aren't going to change not anytime soon they're done out here they're too far gone like and that's not to say that everywhere else like everybody's got their shit on lock but I just feel like there's a certain level of caucasity that is possessed in Italy and France that really we need like spiritual spiritual kind of like warfare to be able to deal with so I hope that helps but you know you need to just hang in there hang in there and if you're gonna you know be on these sites you just have to Put it on your profile, but just be prepared for people to like want to kick back against it. But you definitely need to make it known before they even message you that I'm not with the shits. I'm not with it at all. And also at the same time, start looking at some uh, kind of chatting with people online, you know, a bit further afield and seeing um, about building, building on that. Um, So yeah, so that's, um, I guess that's, my share your magnificence in a roundabout way. Um, so you mad. What did I see? <laughs> that was hilarious to me. So so you mad get lets me cover, you know, the I get to cover the pop culture stuff, the just that the random current affair things, uh current affairs things that I see <laughs> that might not necessarily go into, you know, um straw of the week. So here we go. It says here. A huge fight that took place among a crowd of passengers aboard the Carnival Magic was allegedly ignited by allegations of cheating, according to a passenger who shared video of the fight with Fox News Digital. An alleged threesome amongst guests aboard the, aboard the vessel caused a rift after one person's significant other discovered the, well, the Higihagar on the trip, according to the witness. The onlooker, Teresa James, who identified herself as a travel agent, said she saw the fight from her cabin door. 
Um, she said that the melee began around 2 a.m. near the ship's dance club and casino on the fifth floor. She described the passengers who sparked the fight as ignorant fools acting stupid. <laughs> The viral video that has been shared on Twitter showcased the rumble, which involved beer bottles being smashed and a possible cut injury. The brawl lasted about an hour and involved an estimated 60 people, according to the travel agent. The battle moved from the fifth floor to the ship's first floor. Wow, they were really traveling. Were they tumbling? They went down four floors while they were fighting. Ha! It's going down. Basement. Um, James credited Carnival security team for de-escalating the chaos. I mean, it took them an hour. How did 60 people, because the 60 people didn't get started fighting. In, they didn't get like start fighting immediately. So, I mean, I mean, I would question how well the security team actually did, but you know, it is what it is. Eventually the cruise line security crew had to call the U S coast guard to, to escort the ship to shore. Um, on Tuesday morning, when the ship arrived in Manhattan on schedule, New York police were wait- <laughs> New York police were waiting at the terminal as it docked. <laughs> you, all sixty of you getting flogged. At this time, it's unknown whether any guests were arrested or whether New York or New Jersey authorities will handle the incident since it occurred on international waters. Like a bridge over troubled waters, I will lick you down. Sorry, song break. Um, wow. So you lot can't just go to cruise again and be cruising. You don't want to cruise. You don't. You don't want to catch cruise. You just what you started fighting. Sixty people. 60 people fighting that doesn't even make any sense to me at all it's the same as when I see you know like you know like them orgies on the porn sites where there's just bare man bare man and you're just standing there with your cock in your hand like that's what this brawl sounds like to me because all 60 of you didn't have somebody I mean split it two ways everybody had a partner to fight but 60 just sounds excessive 60 people all wanted to fight at the same time. I wonder if that was under, was that a new moon or was it a full moon? Don't know how long ago that story was. Well, it was recently, very recently, but still like that, that's too. Was it Mars doing something? Because wow, 60 people. I don't know what was going on astrologically, but you lot were on that water and you said, let's fight over threesome that clearly the, uh, the one partner didn't know about. So they were excluded. That is very rude. That is very, very rude. Didn't send her invitation, no nothing, no paperless post, no nothing. Madness. Madness. But um, yeah, I saw that story and I just thought it was wild. Like you went there to go and do carnival, carnival. Instead, now you're doing carnage. <laughs> Jesus of the international waters. Um, and also on So You Mad, um, R. Kelly's been sentenced um, to 30 years. It's funny to me because Ghislaine Ma- Maxwell, she got, what, 20 years or 20, 20 years, was it? Um, for all, all of her evil fuckery. And I'm just like, no, everybody should be getting about that, those 30 years. Now, I understand the conversation about collection. You know, if you're really about prison reform, you shouldn't be wanting people to be in um, prison. You shouldn't want R. Kelly to have all of these years. I want him to have all of the years. I don't think you understand I'm not evolved in that way I'm a dickhead in recovery I keep telling you like I'm not I'm not this being that's just like oh my god yeah 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 no 
No, as somebody who suffered sexual abuse as a child, I want R. Kelly to rot in the jail. I do. Because you lot that are coming up with theory, theory and theorizing, I doubt that you've experienced that. And if you have, well, fine, we've got different experiences, but I feel like it's so easy to theorize these things when it's not you that is affected. People like myself are the ones who are having to claw their lives back after going from the ages of, I don't know, between seven and 20, just in a fucking daze and and the most, it, like a, a, a weird daze, a weird kind of like just depressive, horrendous state to be in. If you haven't experienced that, I respectfully say you should shut the absolute fuck up about how anyone should feel about the sentencing that R. Kelly got. I want him to sleep under the jail. Now what? Now what? Until there are other means that I think address enough his behavior, that is what I want. And also for his, um, the streaming, the money that he would get from his streaming platforms, any profit that he could make in this life, it should be every single thing that he could earn in this life should be redirected. All his legacy, all of that, all of that money should be redirected to causes and charities who are dealing with, you know, abuse and things like that. That is where his money should go. That's how, that's how I personally see it anyway. I don't think he should just, you know, regardless of the sentencing to have money waiting in some kind of bank account you don't deserve anything take everything away from him that's how I see it um so that's that anyway let's get to um start your motors because I know that that is um that is the main bit for this week and lord I am feeling that tiredness um been recording for an hour now so at the very very top of last week a raggedy bitch known as Nelson Piquet. Um, it was revealed that he was having some kind of interview last year, November, and he referred to Lewis Hamilton as a nigger. Um, which is wild, which is wild. Like, I just feel like I said, people aren't getting clattered enough. Um, but apart from Hamilton, he also said this about Ayrton Senna, who's one of like the F1 greats who unfortunately he, he died in a crash. Hold on. Let me see if I can play it. He was a um, former fellow Brazilian driver. Hold on. Another day, journalist asked me, being honest, who was the best? You and Senna. I said, I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> How is that funny? They said, who... Between you and Senna, who was the best? And you're like, well, I'm alive. You know what? Maybe don't be. But you know, like, it's it's just so thoughtless. It's so nasty. He said some other wild things before. He's just not a nice person. And his skin looks like, like leather that somebody has been chewing. You know, like when your dog gets your slipper and starts gnawing at it. That's what he looks like. Like when you look like chewed leather, my guy, calm down, relax take a breather because what you're doing right now is unnecessary. So that wasn't the interview that he said called uh, Lewis Hamilton a nigger. That was one from ages ago, ages and ages ago when his skin looked less like chewed leather. So yeah, you know, he called him um, a nigger um, and, you know, people were really kicking up a fuss about it and saying, well, you know, no, what he was actually saying is that the term is used differently um, in Brazil and people have gotten um, the wrong, uh, people have gotten the wrong 
idea about what he was saying. Um, and so somebody pointed out that um, neguinho is the same as the N-word um, in Brazil and in many Portuguese speaking countries. I probably didn't pronounce that properly. Isn't meant to be offensive and very often used as a term um, of endearment. But the person that wrote that, I'm just like, what are you talking about? No, they wrote, they meant, I think they meant to write isn't the same as the N word. Um, But I don't know who told you to use it as a term of endearment. It's not used as a term of endearment. You're a liar because we know that these guys don't like Hamilton. So they're not using it as a term of endearment. It's not something similar to like Morena, but you know, they're not using it as a term of endearment. And why is my skin color? Like, it's interesting even how I've, I've heard about Morena being used to even describe like white women. So everyone wants that kind of proximity to blackness and black beauty, but you're talking about white people. It's very weird. Anyway, somebody said to him, you know, full well, Nelson Piquet was not using a term of endearment when talking about the crash between Lewis and Max, please scrap together some dignity. So that's when he called him a nigger. And that's also another part of it as well. Like Max, so let me give you the tea. Let me give you the lowdown. Start your motors, vroom, vroom, bitch. Anyway, Nelson Piquet, why is he relevant? He's a former three-time uh, three-time world champion um, F1 driver, right? Cool. Another reason that he's relevant is because Kelly Piquet, his daughter, I believe, um, she is um, Max Verstappen's girlfriend, who he got from um, Kvyat, who was his former teammate. Kelly Piquet, uh, Verstappen, pum pum. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's why it's relevant. And it's just so interesting to me how the racists seem to stay together. Like even when Max manages to skirt around just enough, he's very, very racist tendencies. You only have to look at his proximity to his father, a raging racist. And now Nelson Piquet, who's, I guess, maybe his future father-in-law another raging racist. So how can you comfortably be in those environments and you yourself not be a raging racist? It's wild to me because his fans definitely are. Them, them bitches, they are wild. Um, let's see here. But what got me about the whole thing anyway was like how everybody was willing to kind of like they didn't even want to call it by name. They didn't want to say that Nelson Piquet said it. They were talking about, oh, a comment had been made about Lewis. That's just abhorrent. We don't stand for all of that. Like all the teams were putting out statements. We don't stand for any sort of racism and discrimination. You're lying. You're lying because we know that this is a culture amongst Formula One. Like don't, don't try it. Don't try to like gaslight people. We know that it's the culture. So stop with like the, the nonsense, like, PR statements and actually say something robust because what you're saying right now makes no damn sense. But I made an Instagram live about it. So you can go and watch that if you want, because that covers um, a lot of it, um, a lot of what I wanted to say. Um, So all I want to say, like Nelson Piquet, like you look like chewed leather. Don't worry about what Lewis Hamilton is doing. Definitely don't be calling him names. Now, his family now try to jump to his um, defense. Uh, Rodrigo Piquet, who's, I guess, one of his children, he said, um, Inachina, is it? Um, our second grandmother and the mother of my father. 
<clears throat> as in Nelson Piquet's mother. Um, and my uncle Soul and Heart, she called all of us niggas. It's not about what it is. It's about love. Fucking hypocritical world, Piquet. Um, Kelly Piquet, I just want to point out, liked that post. So she liked her brother's post where he was saying that their grandmother, their father's mother, um, used to call um, everybody niggas. (laughs) I'm laughing because you stupid fuck. Why would you tell on yourself unprovoked? But what you're telling us is that even her breast milk, racism was flowing. Racism was flowing from your grandmother's areolas right into your father and your uncle's mouth. She used to call you lot niggas and you didn't see a problem with that. He said, it's not about what the word is. It's about love. Fuck you lot. Fuck all of you. Because no, it is about what the word is And it's about what the word represents You can't just decide to shift history And change what something means When did she call you lot niggas? Did she call you lot niggas when she was happy with you? When she Did she call your dad and, and your uncle niggas When she was happy with them? Did she? Are you sure about that? Or did she call them that when they'd done something? Answer Answer quickly And Kelly, you raggedy scarecrow Liking the post you, you don't, you haven't even sorted out where you want to spread leg on the pit. You, you now want to come and be liking posts. You've got more problems to be worrying about, baby girl. Because when they found your Spotify playlist, not Kelly Paquette having a Spotify playlist where the title of all of the hip hop tracks, she's um, put the title of that playlist as black. And then she's put like the demon emoji. You could have just called it hip hop, but you said black as in like, this is black music. This is the nigger song. Damn, damn. Like I said, F1 has a glaring racism problem and it shows. But my issue with what everybody said, everybody, everybody, no exceptions, not even the baby boy, Hamilton, no exceptions. My issue with the whole thing was everybody talking about the fact that these guys, these old men who are weighing in, you know, like we're also gathering Bernie Eccleston into that that corpse that refuses to lie down. Um, and he also looks like chewed leather, but he looks like chewed leather that someone's now left on the roadside and then a truck has come in and driven over that leather. And then a, a coyote has now seen that leather and then decided to like piss on it. That is what Bernie Eccleston looks like. And so we're talking about all oh, these old men, you know, we don't, they're not going where the sport is going. We need to stop talking about racism as if it's an old people's problem because there are people younger than you right now. Some of these children, look at the children that killed Shukri Abdi. Look at all of that. Look at the um, children that were, um, that bullied Raheem Bailey to the point where he was trying to escape and he lost his finger. um, Racism is not just limited to old people And when you talk about it in that way You're doing a disservice to the the fight To tackle racism Because it's not something that's going to die out Just because these fucking dinosaurs take their last breath It's not Because you're forgetting that We're talking about systems and institutions That have been in place for centuries People die Movements don't And, and, And when you think about this particular one This nasty one it's still here. 
So we need to be more conversant with how we talk about things because to keep talking about it as if it's just these old men and their attitudes, no, because they pass those attitudes onto their sons, their son-in-laws, their daughters, their daughter, and all of that stuff. They've passed all of that behavior down. So those are the things that need to be addressed. Like this is an institutional, this is a systemic issue, not just about the crusty individuals who are perpetuating and perp- like perpetrating all of that behavior. Um, so all of it proper, proper kicked off. Um, initially the drivers weren't saying anything. The drivers were mad quiet. They didn't want to say anything. It's only like the teams that put out statements. Then eventually the drivers start coming forward and being like, I don't stand by what Nelson Piquet said, all of that, like all of them trying to distance themselves. But who was the one person well, there might have been another, but who was definitely the one person that did not speak out against Nelson Piquet? Of course, it was energy drink boy, Max Verstappen. Of course, he didn't speak up. Now, they, when they asked him about the incident, oh, um, Nelson, he's a really nice guy. I'm sure, you know, he didn't mean it that way. You know, he, you know he's, he's really cool. He's rather funny, actually. Is racism funny? It's racism funny. You that look like a thumb, that looks like a squared. It's racism funny. Like, it's so disgusting. It's so, so disgusting. Like, I have, some a part of me just has hope that, look, Max is, what, 23 or something? I pray that something really, like, shines his eye and he sees better than the nasty, nasty men that um he's surrounded by or that he's been raised by because... This kind of behavior is abhorrent. Like I just, I, oh God, a mess. But because everyone was speaking up anyway, even if he didn't, they have, um, the Formula One have said that he, well, first, first of all, Nelson then went and apologized. So for Verstappen, that was like, oh, I don't see anything that he has, you know, he's just, um, a really nice guy and he's very funny. He still put out some dinky, dinky, dinky apology. He said, um, it says here, Nelson Piquet has apologized for a racial slur. He used to describe Lewis Hamilton and said the word he used has been taken out of context. They always say that. A Formula One source uh, said that Piquet, a three-time world champion, had been banned, um, has been banned indefinitely from visiting the F1 paddock in the future as pun- punishment for his comments. The 69-year-old used a racial slur about Hamilton while blaming him for his collision with Max Verstappen, the boyfriend of Piquet's uh, daughter, Kelly, at last year's British Grand Prix. The comments were made in Portuguese on a podcast last November, but only came to light this week. Hamilton tweeted in response to it on Tuesday saying, these archaic mindsets need to change. While F1, several teams and drivers all issued statements in support of the British driver and condemning racism. On Wednesday, Piquet issued a statement of apology and claimed the word does not have a racial connotation in Brazil. You fucking liar. And that's how we know that you're a stupid bitch. And like all that you focus on is like you're just another ignorant white Brazilian. You're an ignorant white Brazilian that you want to tell the rest of us that we don't understand. We see what happens to the to the black Brazilians or the Afro-Brazilians. We see what happens to them in the favelas and all of that stuff. So don't tell us that we've misunderstood about what racism is you know, over there as well. Like, don't try it. Don't try it. You're a very privileged, just nasty, crusty, dusty bitch of a dinosaur. That's what you are. 
What I said was ill thought out And I make no defence for it But I will clarify that the term used Is one that is widely and historically used uh, Been used in Brazilian Portuguese For a synonym for guy or person And was never intended to offend I would never use the word I have been accused of in some translations Well you used it in your translation I strongly condemn any suggestion That the word was used by me With the aim of belittling a driver Because of his skin colour And again I hate when they reduce it To merely skin colour I apologise wholeheartedly for, To anyone that was affected Including Lewis No 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 It should have been I apologise to Lewis And that's how we know That you're a raggedy bitch Because it should have been I apologise to Lewis So when you say I apologise to everyone Who was Anyone who was affected Including Lewis As if Lewis is merely A side chick In the whole situation No I hate it Um what did he say here? I apologize, da, 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 who is an incredible driver, but the translation in some media that is now circulating on social media is not correct. Discrimination has no place in F1 or society. And I'm happy to clarify my thoughts in that respect. Well, your PR person really, really tried with that statement. Ferrari's uh, Charles Leclerc was one of the drivers to issue a statement in support of Hamilton. He said, knowing Lewis since I arrived in Formula One, he has always been kind and respectful to me and everyone that he meets. Those values should be the standard towards anybody around the world. The comments made towards Lewis should not be tolerated and we should continue to push for a more diverse and inclusive sport. We need to remove discriminatory behavior and racist language in any form um, from not just our sport, but our society as well. So we're just removing the racist language, not the racism. And you have a cheek, really, Leclerc, let's go there. Because when Lewis Lewis was now saying to all of you on the um in the paddock or as drivers, he's like, oh, let's take the knee. During 2020, he's like, oh, come through, let's take the knee, let's show that Black Lives Matter. You said that you're not into doing gestures, and that's why you won't be taking the knee and you're not going to be involved in that way, but you're going to wear them t-shirts about end racism or whatever, whatever. Right. But is this not a gesture? You putting out this PR statement, is that not a gesture? This same solidarity, why did you not want to show similar solidarity in 2020? Why did you not want to show similar solidarity in 2020? Why? Honestly, the raggediness is raggedying. Uh, McLaren's Daniel Ricciardo praised Hamilton for how the seven-time world champion continually deals with racism in the same fashion. Those who still choose to spread hate and use those words are no friend of mine, Ricardo said. I want to acknowledge Lewis and all the work he has done both on and off the track, not only to spread messages of equality, but combat the hate. I've never dealt with any racially motivated actions But he has for his entire life Yet each time his response to the hate Is motivated by maturity, positivity And educating the world on how we should act I stand with him and will do whatever I can To follow up and support And see again, I'm sorry I, I know that everything is like goodwilled And all of that stuff But even that statement pisses me off Like oh my god Let's not continue with the racism towards Hamilton Because you know he's really swallowed it And swallowed it and swallowed it all of his life and he's shown maturity and positivity Fuck that If I decide to clot you in your fucking throat Because of the racism that you've showed me I am well within my rights to do that All of this like Violence is not the answer Violence is not the answer Look It might not be the answer But it might be part of my working out And the teacher said Show your working out So it is what it is But honestly I don't like how Even in the statements that people are putting out in support You can see that even those things are really loaded 
I'm sorry, I hate to be like, um, you know, a party pooper. I know that everybody's trying and everyone wants to be positive, but this is positively terrible. Hamilton's teammate George Russell tweeted Huge respect to LH He has done more for the sport than any driver in history Not just on track but off it The fact that he and so many others Are still having to deal with this behaviour Is unacceptable We all need to stand together against discrimination Of any kind But no one wants to say white supremacy That's fine Um, Again Huge respect to LH. He has done more for the sport than any other driver in history. And I'm and I agree with that wholeheartedly. All my life, I wanted to drive like you, but I can't even drive on the motorway boo. I'm thinking about myself. Anyway, um, but what if Hamilton hadn't done all of this stuff we know that he's a bad man driver we know that he's the as far as I'm concerned you can go and slap your mum he's the greatest to ever do it and I will say that with chest I will say that with my entire sternum okay um even if he didn't do all of these things he's still he's still not deserving of racism none of us are none of us are I don't have to be the best at something to now be deserving of fuckery and actually I heard it through the grapevine. Ooh, how much longer would you? I've I've been told that a news story is coming out soon that um somebody like one person that works on F one teams he or I say he they I don't know if it's you know their gender I just know that they um are speaking out about the racism that they've endured and I think that that's also important to do like sometimes and I've been guilty of it. We center Lewis in a lot of these conversations, but thinking about the fact that he has a lot of power, relative power in comparison to the other black people or non-white people that might also be working within Formula One and just generally in the world at large, right? And when the thing focuses on him, it doesn't allow for these other people to be seen. And I think that more needs to be done in terms of like, let's not focus it on Lewis. Like, let's talk about the other people who are also affected in this way. Um, Yeah, that's really it. Like, I'm, I've read that they've now banned him and banned Nelson Piquet from the paddock. And I think that that is... A good look They'll probably let him back through soon Because somebody's going to complain And be in their feelings about it But for now I just think that It's good that they um, did that And it was a good energy to enter Silverstone weekend The British Grand Prix with Having dealt with that But like You know there's, there's a lot of work That needs to be done basically Regarding Formula One The world at large Like there's a lot of work That needs to be done When it comes to racism Like people need to genuinely Have the conversation And stop pretending Because right now Um it's just not making sense to me. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Um, yeah, I feel that, that I just wanted to say that anyway, let's get to Silverstone weekend off the cut, um, off the cuff. I just want to say like, people are, um, like congratulating me and they're like, Oh my God, I'm glad that fine. Um, you know, formula one saw sense and that you were invited and da, 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 and da, 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 da. Listen to me clearly. No motherfucking body invited me. Koseni Konkon to invite me. There was no body, no body that invited me. 
I managed to go because an amazing person got my tickets. They were like, you should be there. And then I was there. That is it. Like super instrumental in so many different ways behind the scenes. And that's how I was there. So imagine the amazing content that I delivered over that weekend, the jokes, the banter, the vibes, the vibes that I brought. And I wasn't, it wasn't somebody, it wasn't one of Formula One or some kind of um, Sky Sports or whoever. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. But I was there anyway and I showed up and I showed out and them outfits slapped and literally every person that walked past me was like, you look so beautiful. You look so like radiant. You look amazing. And that is the energy that should be there. Beauty, beauty, gorgeousness, a gorgeous, gorgeous girl was at the races. Take it in. So by the by, I'm glad that was there. So I was there on Saturday and Sunday and it was truly an experience. It felt different to when I went last year, but just truly um, an amazing experience. And I'm glad that, um, you know, I got to go and I got to watch something that I really, really love, you know? So Saturday, I was pleasantly surprised that the um, W13, as in the Mercedes car, was really holding its own. Like Hamilton was in P2, P2, P2. But then I think that they told him to like back off because um, the I think the heat on the tires or something, they told him to back off a bit. And so by the time we got to Q3, um, he didn't have that. And he ended up a P5 uh, for the, uh, to start on the grid. But from then I knew that the upgrades that they made to the car had made a huge difference. And that filled me with a lot of hope because that's all we really ask for. We don't want to keep suffering, just fix the car. But it is true that now that they fixed the car, okay, the car is doing well, but we're still behind because you have to imagine that every team is upgrading their thing, you know? So if you're, we're basically still, I would say like four upgrades behind. That's what it feels like. Like we're four upgrades behind everybody else, but that car is in at least a place where it can like battle for things. Um, And so, yeah, so that, that aspect of it, you know, that aspect of it is good, but yeah, we just, we just want better. We just want more, more. Um, so yeah, so after the qualifying, after qualifying and this qualifying was good actually, because there was a little bit of rain and we know that Hamilton slaps when it comes to rain and he did what he needed to do. But unfortunately when they told him to pull back, everything guaned the way that it guaned. Um, so the starting grid was Carlos Sainz. Was that his first pole? I think that was his first pole position. Verstappen second, Leclerc third, Perez fourth, Hamilton fifth, Norris sixth, Alonso seventh, Russell eighth, Joe um, in ninth and Latifi tenth. Gasly was 11th, Bottas was 12th, Tsunoda was 13th, Ricardo was 14th, Ocon was 15th, Albon was 16th and Magnussen was 17th, Vettel was 18th. Schumacher was 19th and Stroll was 20th. Do you know, like, it was um, Vettel's birthday on Sunday, the day of the race, the British Grand Prix, and they were like, happy, I think they said happy 35th birthday. I said, yeah, Tassie 5? Tassie 5? Which version of Tassie 5? 
because that one get as it be. Ah, Tati, Tati, are you? Okay, let me not say too much, because I like Vettel, but whew, Tati five. Oh, but no, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. I think it's that beard that's making me think that he looks older than Tati five. Um. So yeah, it was, <laughs> pardon me, it was a very um, interesting race. So the, yeah, the Saturday, yeah, the Saturday was cool. Obviously, as you know from my stories, um, Saturday was cool for qualifying. And I think after qualifying finished, I was just hanging out um, in the corridor of the paddock club. Um, and I was looking at um, over the back where you see the paddock and you see all the t- different teams and their like motorhomes and all their offices and all of that. And I saw Angela, you know, Lewis's right hand person. I saw her um, putting her scooter to the side and having conversations with people. And then um, as I'm standing there, basically, I bump into someone that I know. And she was like, oh, I'm going into here because... Um, uh, Lewis is about to do a meet and greet. Do you want to come in? And the thing is, my pass ideally wouldn't even get me into that area um, because it was specifically Mercedes. And you know, like the Mercedes girlies aren't really hollering at me. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Let me tell you, I walk into this lounge area, right? And then there's a table that's empty, like mad close to the stage. The table's just empty. And I was thinking, like, maybe somebody reserved it, but. No, it wasn't for anybody. So I go and sit at the table, mad close to the stage. Lo and behold, I mean, some like South Asian, some South Asian people came to come and join me and the guys were being very, very inappropriate. But I just kind of like put it to the side because they were incredibly drunk. But the woman that they were with, she was nice. She was lovely. So anyway, um, so I sat there now and then lo and behold, like Lewis walks in and starts having this conversation with the with the presenter and I'm like look at that I could literally take five steps right now four steps I think four steps four steps and I could be like hey baby boy but I behaved and I sat where I was sitting but I think that that placement of the table was so interesting because instantly made me think of Psalm 23 where God is like I've prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies like it was so symbolic of other factors outside of motorsports, outside of like social media and them things there. Like, like I said, like there were so many like different things, so many different moving parts to my career and personal personal life and things that are, um, you know, evolving and things like that. And it can just feel so uncomfortable and exhausting. Yet I still have to maintain that belief and that faith that a table has been prepared for me. And there is nobody that will have that table but me. And I believe that for all of us, like there's nobody that will have your table but you. And it will look mad because you're just like, rah, what? Nobody was sitting here. Yeah, because only you could sit there. And, you know, it really, really cheered me up because Friday night, I think it was Friday night, I must have said, are those tickets refundable? I messaged and I was like, are those tickets refundable? They were like, no, they're not. I was like, okay, fine, I'll go, I'll go. Imagine if I hadn't gone. All because of the daily stresses that I'm having, all the other stresses and disappointments and things that are happening, I would have gone, oh, I'm not going to that race. And then I wouldn't even have had that moment. 
So I say to you, my G's, do not let things like certain, like certain day-to-day temporary things, because everything is, you know, for the birds, really, everything is in transition. Everything is in flux. Don't let them things move you away or distract you from your passion because you don't know where your treasure is waiting. So I pray over our lives that it won't be because somebody over here or some people over here want to frustrate us, that that frustration now enters our body, that now chokes our heart and it chokes our heart in such a way that we miss road and you miss road and you miss the road that you should have taken to end up on the timeline that will be taking you to, to the man, you know, to the, to the physical embodiment of your highest self. Don't let the motherfuckers get you down. Don't. Because honestly, sometimes it's so hard. Like you see the vision, you see the structure. Um, I was gifted something recently and it's titled The Architect. It's a painting. I don't even know. Well, yeah, but I was gifted the thing anyway. So I'm just looking at it now in my office. But it was interesting to me that what was chosen for me was this, the architect, because that is it. I see the design and I'm helping to put the design together for what the kind of life that I know that we deserve to live. Yet people are coming to look at my my design and they're laughing or they're telling me that my design is too extreme. No matter how strong-willed you are, and I'm fucking strong-willed, in it? There are some days when you're just like, even me, I don't tire. I am tired. I am tired and I'm fed up and I just don't want to do. I don't want to do again. I don't want to do. Ah. And what's wild is that I have this overwhelming desire to just, I just want to deactivate all of my pages. I just want to go. I just want to go. I just like, if you don't want me, then don't talk to me. (laughs) Go ahead and free yourself. I said, don't like me, then don't talk to me. If you don't like me, then don't talk to me. Yeah, I just, I just want to go. But imagine I want to go and retreat at a time that, you know, the most social kind of aspect of the sport that I like is happening in Britain. Nah, I've got to firm the ting, you know? And I firmed it and I had the best time in just in general, like just in general, like for that weekend, for the Saturday and Sunday, it felt like all of my worries, they were there but it's almost like I'd suspended them. You know, like when you're talking about acting and you suspend disbelief, it's like I suspended all of that just so I could have this experience and really be in the moment. But imagine if I'd let my feelings like get the better of me and I didn't go to something and then I wouldn't even have gotten all the footage that I've gotten of the baby boy. I can't even explain it. There was no rational explanation. Me that cannot stand celebrities like, and all of that stuff, like just seeing him just brings joy to my heart. He's just such a, I have to be careful because all I ever want to describe him as is like a, it's a, like a little teddy bear, but I find, I I can imagine that that would be, he might, that might be offensive, but I don't mean it in that way. I just feel like he just appears to be just like, so safe, you know? I think that's the best way to describe it. He just appears to me to be so safe. And I, and the thing that would, I would link to that if it was like word association, it's like a teddy bear. He, he seems like just a, oh, that's all I ever think when I see him. I'm just like, oh, just, oh, just a bab, you know? And it's really weird for me to even 
post the way I do. I hardly post, but then the time that I'll now decide to be posting and posting is over somebody that I don't even know like that. God save me. What is this bondage? Um, but again, like I say, it is out of principle. I just don't like people, like people taking the piss out of people in it. And like, you can see that you've got greatness in your midst and you lot are trying to like gaslight the guy as if he's not a bad man in these streets. It will never be on my watch. And the thing is, it's great that you've got like team LH and they support the thing and whatever, but you also need people who are visible and who go hard and let people know that this fuckery cannot run. And I just don't feel like there are enough of those people who are visible, who have a platform, who are like, no, 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 no. This is not cool And that's where I come in That's where I do my thing But I say that And at the same time I actually want to say That I don't think I'll be doing anymore I mean obviously I'll still be doing Start Your Motors And I'll still be bigging up the thing But I'm just tired of everything I'm just exhausted of everything And I feel like I've put in enough effort now That my effort and my work precedes me At this point Whoever is not on Like whoever's not on the bus I don't want to even use the imagery that came up But you're about to get ran the fuck over No, no, seriously, like I'm done And honestly, I feel like also I'm done with the UK Like I, I'm ready to go I'm ready to go right now I'm ready to go Like I'm fed up Because like the architect, like I said You see the design You know that your design is out of this world You know, you know that you are In fact, one of the sickest to ever do it Because on a solo tip Who does it like me? Who does it like a baby girl? Just multi-talented, multifaceted Who does it like me? (laughs) Humble too (laughs) No, but seriously Like I stay doing the bits Doing the bits because I know that it benefits, it benefits us all, right? And I know that by me showing up in the world as who I am, unapologetically as who I am, I know that it's giving, it's breathing life into so many other people. And that makes me so glad because it's like, oh, you're not alone. I'm not alone. Like we've got this. But it comes a point where I'm just like, nah, I'm being taken for a mug and I am tired of it. And I don't want to do again. I know I don't want to do anymore. I don't want to do again. One of the things that really got to me and oh, the person that's listening is like, Kelechi, Kelechi, I asked you, please don't talk about this. But I'll talk about it abstractly. I know that we're still in Start Your Motors, but it's going to link. You're going to see where, I, I, where I'm going to join them. I was asked whether I was going to be on a particular show to talk about the R. Kelly verdict, right? Oh, and um, sorry, he's the sentencing. And so they wanted me to go down a particular route. And I was like, I'm not staunchly with that vibe anyway. I'm somewhere kind of here. My view is nuanced. It's multi, multi-layered. That's how I see it. Because I have to be very aware also that I'm a black woman and you're asking me to come on TV and critique this black man. Now, no matter how correct I may be in my observations, I know that that's just going to open a floodgate for some stupid motherfuckers to send me things that I don't necessarily need right now. But I'm open to it. You get me? Fine. But as long as I get to talk about things that I want to talk about my way. So anyway, they now basically come back in a roundabout way a day before oh that forgot me that I, for, I forgot that that I did the the talk at Soho House with Irene TTYA so anyway I was trying to squeeze this show in knowing that I still had to get to my event with Irene TTYA um at 180 so um yeah it comes back now the day before um the show and they're like oh well no because 
um, when the team talked about it, they just felt like you were a bit too extreme. And yeah, some other things were said, but I don't want to like bait it up and give the person palaver. But me, extreme. What's extreme about like wanting black people to live? I just want to live, Lord. No, no, really. What's 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 extreme about that? What's extreme about being like raw? Maybe we shouldn't treat black people like. It just really got to me because I'm just like, but you are the same bitches that will have Bernie Eccleston. You lot are the kind of shows that will then have Bernie Eccleston on TV talking about he will take a bullet for Putin. And that, like, they're asking him, like, about, and again, the presenters don't push back on him. And he's talking about, oh, well, um, they're asking him about the war on Ukraine. And he's like, oh, well, you know, we all make mistakes. Mate, a mistake is when you're squatting over the toilet seat, yeah? And you're trying to hover over the toilet seat and take a piss and then the piss runs down your leg. That is a mistake. That is a mistake. Starting a fucking war where the people have to evacuate the country, that's not a mistake. That is, that is warfare. Like, that, that is violence. In fact, in some cases, genocide. Like, what are you talking about? He's a businessman like me And it was the like me That let me know exactly where we stand You lot are some nasty guys Nasty But it's perfectly okay for him to be on TV Talking about he will take a bullet for Putin All of this stuff They asked him about Nelson Piquet Calling um, Lewis Hamilton um, a nigger He said oh well basically Lewis should get over it He's the same guy So in case you don't know who Bernie Eccleston is He is like the founder of Formula One He's like, well, he would have been the rights holder, but they bought him out or something. Basically, they shifted him out of his own sport. Like a little dickhead, they shifted him out of his own sport. But um, anyway, he, is he the founder? No, I wouldn't say the founder, but he was the main rights holder anyway. He was like the main guy. Yeah, he was the main guy. And they basically, I think I do this every time I mention him, I have to like double check his position. All I know is that whatever position he had, they said, at, 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 get the fuck out. Um, and he got bought out. Um, but that's why he's relevant because he, you know, was on this Formula One thing from early. What is it? Bernie Eccleston is a British business magnate. He's the former chief chief executive of the, sorry, that's it. He's the former chief executive of the Formula One group. Um, so yeah, not found out, but anyway, um, so out here talking about, oh, well, you know, he will take a bullet for Putin. He will do this. And Lewis Hamilton just needs to get over the thing. He's the same person that said Lewis Hamilton, if he has any respect, if he has any self-respect, he should um, retire. Now that he's got seven world championships, he should retire because he should let, he he should just stop at the same level as Michael Schumacher. Um, it'll be disrespectful to get eight. No, you just don't want him to get eight because it would be a non-white, well, not a fully white person who got, um, the eight world championships So you definitely don't want that um, And to me that's wild To me that is wild That he can be on TV And his views aren't extreme When have I ever said anything Akin to that 
Just say that your problem is the fact that I am the architect. Like say that, say that what I envisage for people, what I envisage, what scares you. And one thing I can't take is when people try to justify fuckery. And they'll turn around and be like, oh, hold on, have I got this right? Yeah, sorry. One thing I can't take is when people try to justify fuckery and they'll turn around and be like, oh, um, no, 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 that's not what they meant. What they meant is like, well, if you look at Kalechi's Twitter page, like, you know, she swears a lot, but don't try it because I've been on numerous platforms, numerous broadcasters. I've got a fucking series on BBC three where I am this fitness professional that I am taking, like talking people through how they change their fitness lifestyles and all of that and their fitness practices. I did that. Did you hear me swearing then? So you lot need to stop fucking lying on me. Like, yes, I swear. I know the audience is where I can swear. I know my audience. I know where I can swear. I'm not a mad person. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not in the jungle as I've been told, Abby. I know where I stand on these things and it's heartbreaking. It's soul destroying that everywhere I look, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, everywhere, everybody wants me to be their fucking shadow while they're struggling to find their light. Like, no, I'm not going to be your shadow anymore. I'm not going to do it. Like I'm tired. I'm fed up of it. Everybody sort it out. Since everybody's pretending that they can't see me, whether it's Formula One, whether it's this, whether it's that, don't see me then. I'm not here. Don't see me. I've gone. I'm gone. Like, that's it. Leave me alone. I'll still be talking about my things, but I'm definitely taking everything down majorly. Like I'm taking everything down like a million notches. And if that means that Oh, you know, this follower goes that for come and be going, go, go. I don't give a fuck. Like, go, because this stuff is so annoying. Like, I'm having to justify things that to me is just so clear. And you're lying about it being extreme because let a white man come and say some bullshit. You'll say, Oh, I'm sure he didn't mean it that way. And that's what people were running with. Oh, you know, Bernie, he's oh, so he's an old man. Oh, you know, Bernie. Da, 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 da. So there's always allowances made for the very obvious harm that white men can do and generally white people can do. But I'm never afforded the same. None of us who are non-white were never afforded the same kind of space to to err. Uh, you know, we we don't get that. And so you don't, if you don't believe in my design, that's cool but I'm going to still build my thing. I'm just going to build it and not expect you to understand what is being built because constantly everywhere I'm having to convince people of my reality. Like this is happening here. This is the thing. Uh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. No, it is the fucking thing. Like it is what I said it is. Like, God, it's just tiring. So like I said, Bernie can say all them wild, wild things. It's all right. Nelson Piquet can say those wild things. And it's like, oh, I'm sure he didn't mean it that way. But anyway, he's apologized now. So let's keep it moving. Let's keep it going. I don't want to move anywhere anymore. And I know that at this time, like with the sun in cancer in my fourth house, me, I just want to, you know what I realized that whenever I talk about Virgo, I talk about Virgo being in my fifth house. I don't know what kind of subconscious thing I have about that, but it's not like it's my sixth house. So just wanted to say that anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm just tired. I just, um, I had a, I said I had that update reading with Yukari Gabrielle. And one of the things she said is like, you've worked so hard and you're so focused on like building this safe home, this safe world outside of yourself. But your fourth house is cancer, the crab, 
a crab, what does it do? It goes inside itself when it wants that security, when it wants that safety, when it wants that comfort, it goes inside itself. So don't forget that as much as you're building the architect, you're building on the outside. Don't forget that the most important home for you resides on the inside. And I just thought, you know what, that's probably why I just feel this overwhelming desire to just leave everything and be gone because I just need to like retreat into myself and, you know, let the world be what the world wants to be. But this is meant to be start your motors and I'm going on one philosophical vibe. I probably come off the tangent. I probably listen to this and be like, what the fuck? Where did you go? But I just said all of that because exactly, I wouldn't have ended up going right to the Grand Prix because I had all of this stuff going on in my head, like all of this stuff happening. And I was just like, I'm fed up. I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. But if I hadn't gone, I wouldn't have had that experience of sitting at that table and being where I was and getting the footage that I got. And I didn't even share all of the footage. You know, I just shared like little tidbits, um, but it was beautiful. And I'm glad that I went. And on Sunday, I ended up making a friend while I was walking in the corridor. Um, and he's really cool, you know, like just chatting about Formula One, another black person, another night, like he's a Nigerian. It was just like brilliant. I saw Naomi Schiff, like we um, hugged. I saw Ariana Bravo, baby girl, like just saw so many different people. And I was really humbled by the fact that I wasn't really expecting anybody in the paddock to know me like that. Yeah, I was walking past people, quite a few people who were serving there as well, like black people who were like, I follow you. I think you're sick. Thank you for all that you do. And that meant a lot to me that the people who are in these spaces who are overlooked because they're there as staff, they fuck with me. And that is super important to me because it's about them. It's about those people. They're the ones that matter to me the most. So yeah, it was, it was good. So I just say that, um, to say to you all that even when you don't feel like doing something sometimes like it won't it might not be the worst thing to kind of go ahead with it I'm not talking about please I'm not talking about any sexual bits I'm just talking about generally it might not be the worst thing because it was it was I of of course I wanted to go you know I knew that I would have a great time, but everything that was happening was making me want to just shut down and not do anything. And I'm glad that I did. I feel like it was spirit showing me that. Don't worry. I know that this is difficult, but you will get the things. You just need to hang in there. Like you will get the things. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much it. And then the race happened on Saturday and God, I'm just glad that Joe, uh, Joe Guan, Guan Yu, I'm just glad that he's okay because not your car flipping over the tire barrier. Wow. And we hadn't even really, really gotten into lap one and it was already boom, boom, boom. Wow. I felt, I think I heard that they were investigating Gasly or something about it, but you know, it's actually what you need to know is that it's actually really difficult to um, watch the race when you are there. Like, you know, the way I'd usually commentate, it's much harder when I'm there because it's so loud and there's so many people around that I can't get all of the things that people are saying and you can't see the entire track really the way that you do on TV, although they have massive screens so you can see on those screens. But, you know, I realised I do enjoy watching it in my flat, you know, without the distractions, but I do also like like being on a track and, you know, being at the race and stuff. But, yeah, super glad that Joe Guan Yu is okay because I think people forget, like sometimes people try to be shady and they're like, I don't even understand why Formula One is a sport. You 
You know them bollards that you need to go through when you sometimes you're driving on the road and then randomly in the middle of the road you've got like these two bollards that you have to slow down to go through. You are scraping your car every fucking time. You are scraping your car every fucking time. Every time you have to go through them two bollards, your heart is doing gengere, gen, 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 gen. But you have the fucking cheek to talk about, oh, I don't understand why Formula One is a sport. Can you drive at that speed and keep that same precision? No, you cannot because them bollards are fucking you up. So you keep your mouth shut, okay? You don't even understand like the physical demands that that sort of speed, that kind of um, like the force, uh, like G-force, all of that stuff that's working against them. You don't understand how that much, how much that impacts their body. But you just want to be talking like a talker. It's a sport. Don't get disrespectful. It's a sport. So, um, yeah, I'm just glad that Joe's okay. I'm glad that the, the halo exists because that could have been even more of a madness unfortunate for George Russell because he got out of his car and ran over to Joe to check that he was okay before he's turned now the stewards have packed his car packed George Russell's car away there was nothing really wrong with his car he could have driven it to the um because safety car came out so he could have essentially driven his car to the pit lane that if there was any issue it could have been sorted there but I think his car was actually all right but it was because he got out of it went to go and check on um Joe that the stewards were like ah pack it up pack it up and they packed up his car and that was that I said yo look at what happens when you're doing good Samaritan bloody Samaritan my my, my enemy no I'm so, I felt I felt for him man because that is now classified as a did not finish and actually this season Russell has been looking healthy with them results he's been looking healthy so I'm that's a bit annoying that that happened but you know you win some you lose some um but it was at least more important of his humanity that he went to actually go and check on Joe and make sure that he was okay. Like that will not be forgotten. So yeah, that was really nice of him. So because not all of the cars had actually like made it past the threshold when that crash happened, as far as they were concerned, the race hadn't really started to everybody. So even though um, Hamilton managed to get to P3, like position three, when all the bus was, was happening, they were like, nah, everybody return to your original positions and we're going to start the race again. So that's what happened. And, um, you know, I'm just really impressed because I really, really had to pray over that shit. Um, why did I? So basically the, um, on Sunday morning before I set off, I did a tarot pool. Sometimes I like to do that before, uh, do that before like an event. So I did a tarot pool, like what should I expect from today? And then I saw the King of Pentacles, the star in reverse. Um, I, I had like the 10 of pen, uh, swords in reverse. And then at the bottom of the deck, I think it was like the five of, uh, cups there as well. And so what I understood intuitively is like Lewis is not going to win. But more importantly, because the star was in reverse and he should be the star, right? So King of Pentacles is him because he's a, uh, he's an earth sign and, you know, you know, he's about that shmoney, um, and he's successful at what he does. So he's the King of Pentacles. Um, other cards could have come out to represent him, but that is always the shorthand, you know, for some, you know, when I'm reading around that whole thing. So King of Pentacles was there and then the star card in reverse. So when we remember that the star card is a major arcana. So when you see that it's about an oh, like a, a far reaching energy in it, like a life energy. And so for that to show up in reverse, I knew that he wouldn't win, even though I was still like, come on, come on, come on, because maybe I don't, you know, maybe I don't know, innit? I never kind of go like, oh, I know everything and that's that. I was like, maybe I don't know. 
But what this card has done is told me that he's not going to get first. He's not going to be, quote unquote, the star today. He's not going to get first. But also what he was telling me that there's a likelihood that he could get hurt because the star card is about healing. And then we saw, and now I saw the 10 of swords, like the exhaustion, that in reverse um, or some kind of, and I saw the four of swords as well, like rest. So I was like, oh, this is looking at something happens and then he's out. No, 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 no. So I feel like when you see things like that, you can make sure that you pray in the right way, offer your protection, offer your vibes, like do what you need to do to kind of address that energy. And I'm, so I was stunned when that happened right at the beginning of um, uh, the first lap. And then hearing one of the commentators say, oh, it's amazing that he got, um, Hamilton got out of that actually unscathed. And I thought, yo, imagine. Or because we're chasing first, first, first. I didn't do that reading. I didn't, I'm not saying that I was responsible. Like, oh my God, I saved his life. But sometimes I really do be doing things, you know, I really do be doing things. So yeah, it is amazing that he got out of that unscathed and I just do believe that sometimes you throw a a prayer up for somebody and it does what it needs to do so while we didn't win at least we got him alive and he made podium so that's amazing and the car is actually at a state or in a state where it was competing with Leclerc and Sainz and Perez like he was really really going for it like we got to that point in the race like in the last 10 laps it got super exciting. And that's when you saw driving, you know? And I like that. I like that the Mercedes, the W13 has improved to that point where actually they are competing. They are competing. And there's still so many races to go. But my whole thing is that even if we don't win this season, we're not going to carry last. That's what we're not going to fucking do. We're not going to carry last. And, you know, I love that for us. And I'm glad that Mick Schumacher got his first, you know, point uh you know um in formula one i was like finally it has happened to me right in front of my face and i can make my dad sorry i was gonna say and i'm proud of my daddy you know big up michael schumacher man but no mick schumacher i'm glad for him and obviously that means point uh is it a point for Haas? let me check what they got so you know Gunther's happy because Gunther has been going through it. I wonder what Pluto's doing to him. Gunther has been going through it with Haas. Um, so, and I saw that uh, Keanu Reeves was actually there. He was there with Aston Martin, is it? Not Neo being there and I'm the Oracle. Meow. Um, and then Tom Cruise was there. Interesting. Um, what is it? Let's see. Points. That's it. Points. The wait is over. Mick Schumacher comes home in eighth to claim the first F1 point of his career. Um, yeah, he was really doing basketball with Max Verstappen, which I loved. Energy drink boy struggling with his car. The moment he was overtaken by signs, oh, I, I, I think I have puncture. I don't, 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 don't. Just get off the track, man. You should have just gone home, forcing it. So anyway, the top 10 for, the, for Silverstone, we got, uh, signs in first place, and that was, I think, that was signs. Uh, signs' first win. Um, wait, let me see. Uh, number one in his 150th race. Um, is that his first win on in, in F1? Hmm, uh, 
to claim win number yeah claim win number one that was his first one of 150 races he's now finally um won you know he's been made podium before but he hasn't ever won a race so happy for Carlos Sainz because usually I have to admit I just don't think he's got it like that like when Max Verstappen was putting pressure on him he was really sweating and making certain mistakes I was like Omar you know find liver come on man up like do as as you're a man you know like come on put some chest in it you know do what you need to do so I'm happy for him because on I said Saturday I was tweeting because he got pole positions um pole position he was the fastest during qualifying and he got pole position and I was just like well you know sometimes Ferrari get pole position and they can't hold on to the ting in it so I wasn't really thinking that he was going to do anything with the pole position, but he got pole and he won. So those are some juicy points for Carlos Sainz. And and I like that for him because he was very much saying that, oh, I'm not going to be the number two driver. I don't want to be seen as just the number two driver next to Leclerc. And he proved it today. Same with Sergio Perez being like, I'm not going to be the number two driver to Verstappen. And he proved it today. So it's like the year of the underdogs, like the the number two drivers. You say number number two now. Um, yeah, the number two drivers are like, no, I don't want that title. I rebuke it. It's not my destiny. I don't want to be number two driver. And they're fighting for it and they're doing what needs to be done. And I'm happy for them. So even though Hamilton didn't win, I'm glad that Sainz has got his first win of his career after 150 races. And I'm, you know, happy for Perez because Perez is really out there this season. He's like, that podium must see me up Mexico, up in this bitch, you know, like, so I'm happy for him. You, you know, I'd rather see those two on the podium than see energy drink boy on the podium. So, you know, it is what it is. So big up signs for getting his first win and big up Mick Schumacher for getting his first points and for coming eighth. Um, oh, and Sergio Perez got driver of the day, but he drove, you know, Sergio Perez really drove. So I'm not even mad at it. Um, so the top 10 was Sainz in first place, Perez in second place, um, Hamilton in third place, Leclerc in um, fourth place, Alonso. Oh, Alonso was pissing me off that race. I was like, can you fall the fuck back? Alonso in fifth, Norris sixth. Well done to Norris. Verstappen in seventh. <laughs> Schumacher in eighth. In eighth, rather. Um, Vettel, oh, happy birthday, Bab. Ninth place. Magnussen in 10th place. So actually... Ferrari no everyone so Ferrari um uh, Ferrari Red Bull are the only and Haas are the only team to have um both of their drivers finish in the top 10 in today's race or you know well the last last uh, yesterday's race which is a good look both both of them finished both uh drivers of these teams finished in top 10 Daniel Ricciardo didn't make it into the top 10 so it's only Norris um only Vettel made it from Aston Martin and only Alonso made it from Alpine because Ocon I think he was now challenging challenging Verstappen and I I don't know if it got the better of him but he did not finish at the end of all of that so I mean happy for Gunther that both of the Haas cars made the top 10 he must be you know ecstatic um, so where that leaves us, it means that the driver standing so far, the Verstappen has 181 points. Perez has 147. Perez isn't playing. Leclerc, ha- Leclerc has 138 points and Carlos Sainz has 127 points. George Russell has 111. Hamilton has 93. Let's try and get that up. Norris has 58 
Bottas has 46, Ocon has 39, and Alonso has 28. So I feel like in a few more races, I would like to see Hamilton move to fourth. That's what I'd like to see. But let's see how that's all going to go. In terms of the team standings, as in like all the drivers, you know, the drivers of each team, there's points combined and what it means for their for their team. Red Bull is on 328 points. Ferrari is on 265 points. Mercedes AMG is on 204 points. McLaren's on 73. Oh, look at the disparity. Jesus. Alpine is on 67. Alfa Romeo's on 51. That's good. Alfa Tauri's on 27. Haas is on 20. I'm really happy for them. Aston Martin is on 18 and Williams is on three. So I feel like Williams might need my help this season for the vibes. Um, so, I mean, Mercedes AMG being 200, being on 204 points is not bad if you consider that Ferrari, even imagine that Ferrari, right? Upon how fast and good their car is this season, we're only what, 61 points behind them. That's not bad if you consider how terrible the W13 has been since the start of the season. So I feel like we can catch up. And even if we do not catch up to Red Bull Racing and they just happen to win constructors this year, I think that we can still take on Ferrari. That's what I'm feeling like. But anything can happen. And maybe, um, you know, Mercedes get their ninth constructors world championship but I don't want them to get it if it means that Hamilton's not getting his eighth driver's world championship because everything's everything has to level out as far as I'm concerned but um yeah you know I think that might be it I heard about the protests you protesters need to be careful because you went to go and you wanted to go and sit on the track have you seen how them cars are going the fast them cars are going I mean they were going slowly as they were making their way around initially but I'm all, <laughs> be careful or don't go and just don't go and do too much so that's that my suck your mum aka straw of the week is still kind of linked to start your motors well it's definitely linked to start your motors so um oh Alex Alban he was her as well um yeah he said that he's okay I'm glad that he's okay gosh she was such an eventful race my god just glad they're all okay um so on saturday i was on the shuttle bus to leave the paddock to leave the track to get my taxi to head to my ho- my hotel and so i got on the shuttle bus and it was this like specific bus for those who were in the ca- uh, paddock club so it's like a meant to be a luxury shuttle it's just a minivan um so i'm sitting down now minding my business because i went by myself actually in case you didn't clock i was at the race by myself but i ended up like meeting people and having the best time so i'm sitting down and um these uh white guys get on to the shuttle from the you know they were on the they were waiting next to me so they get on and they're very very drunk i'm minding my business looking out the window one of the guys loses the grip his grip while the uh, shuttle is moving he loses his grip falls onto me like literally he's because he was standing and they shouldn't have been standing anyway like if there are not enough seats to sit down they shouldn't have been let onto the shuttle standing but you'd at least think that they would have a good you know they would have a good understanding of gravity and really be able to hold themselves up so he falls directly onto me like literally like he sat on me like at this point stomps on my toe in the process my toe is still really like achy and I lift him off me like I push him off me 
not aggressively I just like lift him off me Because you've landed on a whole ass person And um, he doesn't even turn around to be like Oh, sorry He just stands up Just stands up and goes back to holding the railing Everybody in the shuttle There was only about, what I don't know Eight of us or something They all saw it happen So I had to now be like So are you not going to apologise? He looks over at me He looks back His mate is now glaring at me Now there's this uncomfortable white people silence When you say something that you shouldn't have said Because everybody just wanted you to get the fuck on with it So I repeated, I was like, are you not going to say sorry Because you landed on a whole ass human And you stomped on my toe in the process His friend goes, well I'm sure he's sorry Well how are you sure, Mystic Meg? How are you sure that he's sorry? Did he open his mouth and tell you that? Or is it telepathy? How do you know that he's sorry? Because he just looked at me after he fell on me, like landed his whole body on my body, his unwashed body on my body. And you're telling me that he's sorry. How do you know, Mystic Meg? How do you know? Everyone's looking. So he then goes, sorry. You happy now? Baby. Do not get spicy with me Because I know that is the spiciest thing That you would have ever encountered in your fucking life Do not get spicy with me Because this bus right now We will stop it, we'll get outside And we'll roll on that grass Don't fucking play Don't fucking play Just because I came here to come and do soft life I came here to come and do luxury Don't ever get it twisted Don't ever And obviously I I kept it cute. I'm talking about it like in this grag way on the podcast. But basically, I just said to him, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't play that with me. Do not do that with me. You needed to apologize. And yes, yes. In fact, I'm not happy now because I shouldn't have had to prompt you to say sorry for landing on me and then just getting up like nothing happened. What do I look like? A coaster. What do I look like? A tray, a foldable tray from Ikea. Are you all right? Everybody's quiet. And there were these Canadians or I think there were the Canadians. They were on there as well. And what really aggravated me about that was that there was at least four women on that shuttle. No, sorry, three women on that shuttle. White women just looking. I was the only black person in the shuttle and I was the only black woman clearly in the shuttle. And they were just looking and you lot couldn't say anything. But let a black square need posting and you stupid cunts will be the first one to hop up and down and start flinging your hair about to come and be like, oh, I'm posting and I'm listening and I'm learning and I can't believe that this thing, these things are still happening in this day and age. Stop fucking saying that. What have you done in this day and age to change this from happening in this day and age? You have done fuck all, but you'll be harping on about, I can't believe that this sort of thing is still happening. What did you do personally to stop it? Nothing. So you're talking like a talker. If you don't shut the fuck up, that was the part that aggravated me the most So I made a video of everybody I didn't actually post all of the videos But I made a video of everybody And I made a video of me saying Look at how now people will be in a shuttle like this They'll see something happen like that To a person like me And they'll all be quiet And that's how you know Like sometimes You know like there was that story that I read a while back um, On the podcast Where a black guy went on a camping trip with a, with a group of white people And the next thing you know He's dead His neck is snapped All sorts Or no they shot him in the back However many times So you shot him in the back So he was trying to get away And the police ruled it as not suspicious That's why I say like I don't understand how Like black people can go away With like massive groups Of certain white people Because I'm just like By default you're not safe And I'm not saying that All white people are this or that I'm just saying by default You are not safe 
And I don't like that idea. And in that situation, I definitely felt it like suddenly there was this unspoken thing where they all were on code with each other. I'm instantly the aggressor, but you unwashed bitch were the one that fell on me and stomped on my toe in the process and could not even turn around and be like, you know what? I'm so sorry. In a place that's meant to be luxurious, it like we've paid how many grands to be here and this is what you're doing. Like I didn't pay the same money that you paid. And more time, I bet that you didn't even pay. I bet your company paid. But here you are being a raggedy cunt. Nah, it pissed me off. And then when I was walking off after we got off the coach to get to the next place where I could get my taxi, I made a video of the guys as I was walking in front of them, like camera in their face as I was walking. And I was like, look at these pussy clarts falling about the place. Don't think that they need to apologize. Why? Because if you fell on Becky, would you not apologize? Yes, you would. It was a whole mess. Even Sunday when I was leaving, I saw a group of white guys pouring beer, pouring their beer on this black girl who was working there, like in the like the grandstands, like fun fair type area, pouring beer on her like it was a big joke. And they were like, oh, it's because she's got Crocs on. What are those? Oh, ha, 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 ha. And she's like laughing along with them. But the laugh doesn't seem like it's really settling in her heart. I said, nah, this is wild, you know, like, how can I enjoy a sport that has so many just like wild supporters, weird, weird behavior all around. But that's all I wanted to say, really, that that guy that fell on top of me and everybody that was in that shuttle that said, fuck all, I want you all to suck your mothers for an eternity because you are the reason that racism still persists and you'll swear up and down that, oh, you know, it's with the older generation. That's not our generation. No, it is this generation. It is this generation, right? And I'm fed up of it. I'm fed up of so many things, but I'm definitely fed up of that. I'm fed up of the lie that it's only white, like it's only old people that still hold on to their racism. I'm tired of it. And that I'm the last person that you will never fall on somebody like that again. Because the cussing that I gave you there, the way that I dealt with you on that shuttle, you'll know yourself because I don't care where I am. If you move mad to me, I will show you that in that situation, you're not the only person that can be mad. Obviously within reason in it. I'm not going to move extremely mad to Vladimir Putin, for instance, like definitely not taking a bullet for him. But, you know, we've both got an eighth house. Sorry, we've both got a Mars at 28 degrees. So like, uh, like it's literally fire with fire. But all I'm saying is that everybody that was on that shuttle, they can suck out. The guy that fell on me, you can suck out especially. And I hope that where you're headed to sometime this week, my energy is going to find you. You're walking somewhere and you're going to trip over. And I want you to trip over and I want you to break your fourth tooth at the front of your mouth. Yeah. At the top of your mouth, I want you to break your fourth tooth. That's what I want for you, you stupid cunt. On that note, I hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast. I'm exhausted. It is now 2.15 a.m. And I'm sitting here asking myself, why do I do this to myself? Why? Because I love podcasting so much, because I love F1 so much. I've put myself through all of this higgy and this haggar. But as long as my people them love me, as long as my people them rate it, you know, you know, the post the podcast is gonna come out, the episode is gonna come out. All I can say is like, if I didn't add all of the information, you're gonna have to forgive me. Maybe I'll remember next week. Um, but I hope that 
you enjoyed this in it because i give my all to give that podcast episode to you i'd give my life to make sure that i read out the branded content I'd give my all to get to my bed tonight. Remember that the live show tickets are still available. Go and get your live show tickets and I'll see you, uh, yeah, next week, I guess. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. No, no, I've actually come back to say um, something that I almost forgot. What the fuck were those pit stops? If you are a Mercedes pit stop, pit crew, whatever, whatever, let this message land and land well. If I see anything like that again, in terms of those slow pit stops, why is it taking you so long to change those tires? I literally watched you practice. I watched you practice changing the tires. I watched you even practice changing the nose of the car. What is the problem? Your age mates at Ferrari, your age mates at Red Bull, they're changing tires, they're changing this, they're changing that in like 2.3 seconds, 2.08 seconds. Your own is 3.1, your own is four seconds plus. Why? Do they have three heads? Do they? Are you not embarrassed? Because at this point, I'm starting to think, is there an enemy of progress here? Because this has been an ongoing problem. Why is the Mercedes Brick crew, why do they struggle to change the things at such a, a, a faster pace? What is going on? Let this be the first and the last time that I'm going to, I have to ask you, especially for Oluwa Lewis Hamilton. Let this be the last time that I have to ask you lot to change that man's car wheels, whatever you need to do, to do it with speed, to do it with purpose, to do it with intention. Because if I speak, you will know that I've spoken. Anyway, let me now truly be gone. I've been Kelechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as what, what? That's right, suck your mom. No, no, really, I'm gone for real. Peace. It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Help you sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping here Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Can let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind